On this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast, we will observe the species douchebaggerous in the wild. And is this entire episode an illusion? week's episode of devil's trap podcast i'm diana i'm liz sorry my nose was in a book and that's not really that that odd and i was looking for something and i was like oh shit i have to say something now hey guys what's up we're gonna talk about season four episode 12 chris angel is a douchebag (laughs) uh it is well yeah that is the episode we're talking about and he is and uh yeah sure. yeah that's a good episode i'm excited about it yeah before we get before we get into all of that what have you been up to oh we've uh you know we had an a fun time with family last week uh we took my mom for her first tattoo because she had a milestone birthday recently and she said that's what she wanted so that's what we did and it was super fun experience and um yay it was cool. And then uh saw our friends the 40 acre mule play. And uh other than that, got a nice little a lot of work done around the house as we've been getting things put back together to get ready for summer. You know, yay, homeowner show. Oh, it's expensive and stupid. Um, but uh, but yeah. But it's the it's, American dream. It I, I try, most of the time I'm quite happy about it. It's just <laughs> Right now, it's a, a little, it's been a little stressful lately. Thanks. And then, honestly, uh, like, so you know, on Diana's HGV, HGTV show, which is like airing after my haunted house hunters, like, I kept trying to combine the two. But, anyways, um, it's very smart that they did all their renovations at one time because it was a pain in the ass. But at least, like, you got everything done. So, yeah. at least, like, the summer is going to be here and you can just relax and enjoy, enjoy your outdoor it. space, which looks amazing. And I'm very jealous and very angry that we live so far apart. So, I can't yeah. just be at Hop your pool over. every weekend. It would be very nice. But it's also yeah. pretty good for our livers that we, we live far apart because it, it, we would drink a lot. Yeah. We, we would, yeah. yeah. It probably, there'd be a lot of bad decisions. Yeah. 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 But, well, you'll have to come visit and check it out soon anyways, but, uh, but yeah, in person at least, but yes. So, uh, that's that excitement and I'm on the, you know, looking forward to, a, a, a activity field weekend and coming up, uh, I'll report back, but I'm going to see mean girls live, uh, the Broadway play this week, as well as going to Scarborough fair, the Renaissance fair and, yeah. Like, to be fair, like I quoted Mean Girls on a webinar about cybersecurity today. So, and it actually wasn't mine; it was one of my friends. But I did use uh, there. What was it? There is no limit. Uh, the yeah, the limit does not exist. The limit does not. The exist. limit does not exist. The limit does not exist. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, Mean Girls is part of our everyday language oh, quotations, totally. and it was honestly probably one of the best films of the twenty. You know, of the past, of like. Time. For that sure. was time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. For sure. So it's super, super quotable. It's one, it's a favorite. So I'm pretty excited. My sister and I are doing that. And then um, like I said, going to Scarborough Fair, um, some Renaissance Festival. So that'll be fun. It'll be hot. And then uh, 
And happy early Mother's Day to anybody, or I guess it'll be Mother's Day soon. Yeah, happy early Mother's Day to my mother. She she does not know what a podcast is. Um, I tried to explain to her her a lot about what the, yeah, it doesn't. I just it's it's talk radio, but you listen to it whenever you want. Yeah, you know, and it just like I can't explain to her or my father uh, what I do for for work. I mean, honestly, I can't even. I think I said that to somebody today. I'm like, I don't know what my job is, and like, (laughs) I'm just gonna keep showing up and like doing whatever I want until somebody tells me not to, or they fix the glitch. So, whatever. (laughs) Uh, yeah, so uh, I did absolutely nothing last weekend except um, I did watch all three Pitch Perfects in a row. Um, uh, that was gold really star great for that. Gold star, gold star. And then it was like sitting there comparing them, like, well, was Pitch Perfect one better than two or three? I, don't know. I, I did some dem- three cannot be in that list of which ones. No, best. but like two, I think is where they got a little quirkier. And yeah. but there was definitely like a like John Lithgow is in three. Like he's pretty great in that. And Rebel Wilson's like really shining in that. And like we are getting like the really absurd level in there right yeah i, I this I think is that's where not a show it so about perfect. Right. yeah this is um, not a pitch perfect review show uh, we promise yeah we promise so um yeah so i did that in some laundry and did really focus on not speaking to anybody because mm-hmm. i needed some quiet downtime and now this week is off and running i can't believe it's like only Tuesday, it feels like it's Friday. I'm like, how? How is this only? Uh, what day is it? What I don't know what day it? of this. Uh, what's going mm. on? Um, but tomorrow we have a focus day at work, which is great. This is when companies decide to have their 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 employees not have meetings. Right. Right. Yeah, they do that with days. And the and then somebody idea, else, yeah. my babe's, yeah. babe's office does that, but then they always book meetings. On it anyway. Exactly. Because everybody knows your calendar is free because you're not supposed to have any meetings. So they're like, oh, we can leverage this time to, I'm like, that's still a meeting. Um, so yeah, I've got that tomorrow, but I do have some extra time. So I may like go focus some self care somewhere or something. And then yeah. Thursday, I start trapeze and I am looking forward to falling as comically as i can like that's just my like if i could just make each time i hit the mat funnier than the last time i feel Uh, like i will have you got my money's worth out of it so um yeah so this episode kind of runs along i could see trapeze coming to this episode a bit maybe i don't know uh so what are you drinking Oh, what am I drinking? I am drinking a dark and stormy. Okay. Uh, I opened the chupacabra rum from mm-hmm. high mm-hmm. and then mix that with some ginger beer and some lime. Nice. Nice. I've got a, a Coleman Aluve wine this evening. Aluve. <laughs> yes. Wow. I get the weirdest triple chin when I do that French thing. Like, that's i'm not no longer doing a french voice so that is just unattractive all right so chris angel is a douchebag i literally will be talking with my hand like right here the rest of the night just have your hand on your chin chin, so i don't i can't look at it all right so um obviously we all know i hopefully all know who chris angel is uh this episode i want to start off talking about the title uh so Executive story editor Julie Siege said she, that she was surprised we didn't get hassled by standards and practices or clearances over the title. I did get a memo from standards and practices on that episode, but it said something to the effect of, we understand that for the purposes of this episode, the use of the phrase douchebag is necessary. We just ask that in future episodes, you refrain from ever using it again. 
So, yeah, that, I just thought that was an interesting thing. Uh, Ever again, it's child. a bold request. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they adhere to that. I'm pretty sure douchebag comes up and at least the word douche is I'm pretty sure, maybe just not in a title. And also Chris Angel has sadly never commented on um, the title of this because he's a douchebag. Um, so this was season four, episode 12. It first aired January 22nd, 2009. And it was directed by Robert Singer and written by Julie Siege, who uh, la- we last saw her writing for. It's a great pumpkin sandwich Chester. So so okay. we could see some of that style kind of like come through mm-hmm. here. I like it when you can kind of like pick out like the right the authors like kind of like oh their, yeah their, that's their vibe good. yeah yeah. Well, all right. Well, we kick off at Iowa Magic Week, watching a street magician outside, and it we cut quickly inside to a hotel bar, and okay. there's. I'm sorry. You're just skipping past all the good things. There's a lot of good stuff that's happening outside. Uh, First off, the sign said that Iowa celebrates Magic Week. Welcome the International Association of Magicians. Uh, So that's not real. But there is the International Brotherhood of Magicians. And it is their 100th anniversary this year. And the convention is going to be in Atlanta in July. And Mm. David Copperfield is headlining. Uh, So at some point today, I went down like a very very long rabbit hole of looking to see what they're they're like i was i was like what the fuck happens at like a magic conference and um it actually did not look that interesting but um some of the magicians attending did but apparently copperfield sold out so if you wanted to go you can't see david copperfield anyways all right so in sioux city iowa which is very boring part of iowa sorry if you live in sioux city it's really boring um which is probably why they're these guys are drinking in a bar all right so now we're at the bar all right so now we're in the hotel bar and there is an uh older gentleman kind of fumbling a tiny bit but doing card tricks for the bartender and um it's referenced his name is the incredible jay uh, there's another magician who's just like mocking him. This guy's just like a drunk fucking asshole. Like, I, I it's so obnoxious. And mm-hmm. the woman with him tells him to not be a jerk. And he's all like, man, just tell it, trying to give away the trick, like, check, check his pockets. And he just comes up, decides to come around to hurt, hit this guy's side of the bar, sit by him, and ruin the fucking trick like an asshole. What's but the rule, then, Diana? That's huh? a rule, man. Don't be a, a dick. Don't be a, Don't dick, be a man. dick. Don't be Don't a dick. Don't be a dick. And so uh, then the bartender adds a little bit of insult here when she says, when do you think she's going to be defending him? Uh, the poor uh, incredible Jay saying, why are you so mean? And, but then follows up with, can't you just leave the old guy alone? Ouch. Uh, I, I don't think she did like I, that was a definitely just like a foot and mouth type thing but yes. just like oh poor oh jay man like, and and who is jay because he looks really familiar oh would you like to know who is playing the incredible jay i do this is barry bostwick one of the his best known roles is Brad Majors in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's right. It's Brad. Yes. He's also been in like a million fucking TV shows. Like I don't even like the list was too long. Um, He was the narrator of Three from Hell by Rob Zombie, the Rob Zombie film. And uh, he also is in a film that I 
stumbled upon that I sent Liz the um, the trailer to that neither of us have seen or heard of called FDR American Badass. And he does play FDR in it. And it looks fucking terrible. And I still kind of want to watch it. That's what yeah, I've got. I, we, like, we literally, both of us kind of went back and forth. Like, would you watch this? Like, I don't know. And I'm like, can I smoke that much weed to make this palatable? I'm like, I don't <laughs> know if that is actually possible. Um, yeah. Everyone go look at the trailer for that. I'll drop it in the show notes. And and make your own decision. Yeah. Would you watch that? Because, oh, it looks, it looks bad. It looks kind of entertaining bad, though, right? Yeah, I know. I love bad. Like, I like bad, uh, bad, but it, ooh, I don't know. But also, I just, I love it. Barry Boss. Like, he's, I, I adore him. So, um, all right. So, here we go. We cut to a theater magic show um, rehearsal because it's not actually the show happening. There's not any spectators there. And we see a guy that looks a lot like a knockoff Chris Angel get lowered down onto the stage. He's got no shirt and there's fire and blah, 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 blah. And we see these older guys in the audience. There's two that we hadn't seen before. As we find their names are Vernon and Charlie. I wouldn't put them because it's just real fucking confusing to describe yeah, if you just, don't know who the hell these yeah, guys are. The old guy with the glasses. And, yeah, it's, yeah. And did you notice something playing in the background? No. Okay, so this like what's playing in the background, like basically think of it as Jeb's theme music um, uh-huh. is actually a song that is uh, what is it? Oh, shit, I just lost the name of it. Uh, crap. Um, but basically, I think the name of the song is like Chris Angel is a douchebag or something like that. Um, but it's That's written funny. by no, it, no, it is. I am the douchebag. I do have it. The title of the song is I am the douchebag. And it was written by Christopher Lernitz and Steve Frag. Fra- Whoa, man, you've got a name. Fra- Franga Dockets. Good on you, man. Good on you for Steve. And so uh, Christopher Leonard's, uh, the composer, said, you know, to talk about how much fun they had recording it. And he was like, it was so cheesy and it was fantastic just to be silly, really low and deep in the background, which you can hear if you listen closely. We're going douche bag, douche bag, douche bag, which is just fucking hilarious. It is. And yeah, so, and you'll hear that song go through and you look it up on YouTube, Diana. And they like, I, like everyone from the Supernatural family, the fan club has just made some fun things for it. But it really is fitting. And it is like, yeah, you know, it kind of sounds like what Chris, Chris Angel's theme song would be. All right. So um, so we've got Vernon, Charlie, and the Incredible Jay all watching this rehearsal. Right. And they uh, seem fairly unimpressed. They're talking shit. They're like, is this guy wearing eyeliner? And, and hey, man, eyeliner is fucking hot. And like, some, it was like, sometimes, mm, yes, no, sometimes it's hilarious. But like, some guys can pull it off, like, Nick Nass can pull it off, Robert Smith. Like, there's a number of guys that look really hot at, at times with their eyeliner. But I think that of these guys as like Statler and Waldorf. Very as they're much watching so. them, and so like then, and just, they got that timing a bit, a little bit too, yeah. kind of just back and forth, and and you, that's actually a really good comparison because they kind of do that throughout the episode. Um, but the guy on stage is just being a fucking dick, like prima donna douchebag, fitting. Um, and they all start calling him a douchebag, which is funny. And then they're like, yeah, you know, they're talking about how you know misdirection versus skill, and <clears throat> and Jay's just like, you know what, let's. Let's. We're all just being bitter old men talking about the glory days, um, and we're all just a joke now. That guy might be a douchebag, but he's on the main stage. 
And, you know, he's not wrong. You know, mm-hmm. it's, there's something to be said for that. And granted, yes, douchebag. But also, like, are you just making fun of this guy to make yourself feel better? But right. also, he is highly mockable. So yeah. I... I I, I if Diane and I were sitting in the theater, we'd be talking. We, shit. we would be mocking him. We, we would. We might be, enjoy the show still, but we would yeah, be talking shit. Yeah, and we would probably be talking shit during the show while having a blast and talking yeah. the shit. Talking shit would be half of it. So yeah. I kind of see both sides of the stories here. Yep. And Jay announces though, as he is departing, that he's going to do the table of death, even though he <sighs> almost died last time. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, so this is actually a real magic trick. Uh, so according to Illusionpedia, which is, isn't that a great name for a play thing? I was just like, there wasn't as much illusions as I wanted, but I was like, ooh, Illusionpedia. Uh, the table of death is a predicament, is- I just like their terminology, is a predicament escape that is alternately considered as falling into the categories as a magic trick or an act of escapology. Ooh. Isn't that a good word? Escapology. Yep. And I so the guess. basic, yeah, the basic premise is you're gonna you're gonna be on the table, and then something either like spikes or swords are gonna fall down on you. And interestingly enough, like it is one people they thought created it was Andrew Andre Cole or Cole, I guess, and he sued the Mass Magician series. Remember that? And mm. There was a series oh, yeah. on Fox, so like had this where they're like, "We're going to show you all the magic tricks," and like the guy right. was no, like getting booted that. out of like the I the IBM booted him out, um, probably. Uh, but he actually sued them for that and saying that they were giving away his tricks. Uh, but they think that it actually can go back to as early as like the 1900s um, for something called like the death of Coira or whatever. But um, so yeah, at least the 1930s and I think it was back, but I just think it's neat that they use a real trick and we're going to see yeah. that a lot throughout this episode. A sure. lot of the things we're going to see, like the posters and all of that, those are actually real magic posters like that were oh, awesome. like available in public domain. And they just like put different people's pictures of them cool yeah I like that um yeah so we see we're now cutting to a much smaller performance space than the douchebag was on where the incredible jay is going to do his performance which is not an illusion where he they, we see him being clamped to his table of death by um charlie and uh, they close the certain curtains all around him there's swords dangling above him on this table and Vernon and Charlie are just kind of shaking their heads watching. Um, and the lights, it counts down. He's got a minute to do this escape as before the rope burns through and drops the swords through his body. And uh, we see um, a cut right now where they, we cut away to the guy who is a dick at the bar. Um, his, we find out his name is Vance. Is what he of goes, course his, his name, name is Vance. Like he's a fucking name, yeah, Vance. Vance. No, he's a fucking Vance. Like ugh. And Vance. you can tell he's had a few beverages. And the girl that was with him earlier is still there, and she tells him that his show is in an hour, and he better be there. Basically, and we cut back to Jay. Jay is struggling a bit on the table of death, but we've got a cool shot of his silhouette struggling on the table. And the rope burns through and the swords fall. And this, they, they do a really good job on like kind of making you jump here, which I know obviously TV, blah, blah, blah. But um, you kind of jump and I've literally got, oh no, written down on my paper. <laughs> oh no. But and also cut- like right before this, like his friends don't believe he can do this. Oh, right? no, no. Like they're yeah. just like, Vernon's like crossing himself and, mm-hmm. you know, like, and Charlie's just like, well, I don't know. Like, I don't want to watch this. Like, yeah. And that's not and a good sign. <laughs> no, no. 
no, no. And they're not they they're letting him do it and they're not like walking out on him, but they're also like not exactly like they're holding his they're <laughs> holding his beer, but like not yeah. in a good way. So we cut back to Vance and Vance is standing on the street and grabs his chest real hard, or like real, like intensely, like something's wrong. We cut back to Jay's performance. The curtains open and Jay is all right. He's standing up, not a wound on him. Ooh. Mm-hmm. The crowd is very impressed. And funny enough, both uh, Jay and even Charlie look surprised. <laughs> so, well, yeah, Jay looks confused. Charlie looks uh, stressed, right? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. But then we get another shot. We cut back to Vance, who is laying on the ground, bleeding in the array of slices on his body that are arranged just like the swords were. Yeah. What? Yeah. So was it me or was this a very long cold opener? Extremely long. Okay. And I was like, well, went to, and like it was five and a half minutes long, which I guess, you know, I guess they're probably typically like two to three, maybe. Max, and then yeah. I thought maybe it was just because they were also cutting between so many places that made it seem longer. I was, but I was just like, wow, that's a, it just felt like it's a, a long very time to lay time without, without Sam and Dean. It was like it was a long time without Sam and Deed, is what I thought. It was a long, yeah, without them and just a lot of time for groundwork. Like I know they have to do that, but like, dang, it was a lot. Yeah. So. All right. So um, yeah, so we cut to uh our um the douchey fake Chris Angel at this point. We still haven't learned his name, but we will in just a second. It is Jeb. Um and he's doing um uh, a David Blaine card trick. Because that's what it makes me think of, right? Yeah, I, I I will I will take that analogy. It, I've seen David Blaine do that, where he like yeah. has the cards, but except he gives this guy like, and Blaine doesn't do this. I like David Blaine. Sorry, I know he's people have feelings about him. Whatever. Um, he's like doing some like lame speech about how I don't do tricks. It's about angels and demons. Anyway, ah. so yeah, so he throws his deck of cards, and the brothers are walking up. Now we finally have Sam and Dean. Yay! And Dean says, what a douchebag, which is just, it is comical. Like the way that everybody just react, everybody that sees this guy, this yeah. reaction goes douchebag. Yeah. My, my note says Dean correctly identifies the species douchebaggerous in the wild. Ah, yes. And um, anyways, and so there's obviously Jeb Dexter, who uh, Sam recognizes him. And Dean, like, what is he famous for douchebaggery? It's like just it's just nonstop. Which is I want fun. someone should do a count. I'm sure somebody has. How many times douchebag with seven those? So um anyways, good old Jeb does some weird, like I don't know, growling kind of noises and he throws He fakes the, the Caesar. Yeah. Convulsing. Yeah. And he throws the cards, uh, talking about a demon, sending a demon back to hell. The car one card sticks to the glass, but it's not stuck to the glass on the side he's on. It's on the other side. Yeah. So that's a David Blaine trick. Seen it anyways. Um, and uh Dean calls up this fake demon possession, and they're like, brother's just totally unimpressed. But Sam defends him because Dean remembers that Sam was pretty into ma- magician stuff when he was a kid. But, yep, and Sam's like, I was 13, man. Like, come yeah. on. Although he, I do, I, and also just like the the character who plays young Sam, I just picture him with like the little top hat and like the wand. <laughs> the wand. Just like that nerdy child being like, watch me with do my terrible card trick. In, and, like, in our motel room. <clears throat> Well, yeah. What else are you doing in that motel? Room, I know. Right? Yeah. Hey, hey. At least you had a hobby, man. Come yeah, on. Yeah. Right. So, and they're like, "Yeah, we're not here. We're here to, you know, the guy who was 
you know, solve the death of a man with 12 stab wounds, but not a tear in his shirt. So now we know they are here for this, which makes sense. It's some weird shit. <clears throat> so they're meeting up with uh, what is Vance's assistant, the woman that was with um, him uh, at the bar, and she's packing up her mag- the magic stuff. <laughs> and <laughs> which is highly irritating. It was like when she's put a scarf and like she's like pulling like, a scarf to pack it, and it just keeps just coming the comically <laughs> long. And just yes, like- and Dean's like looking at it and like just like. But doesn't say anything. Just, yeah, he's just perturbed at it. Yeah, and then she's like the only thing she just like opens the thing to like there's a bunny. Yeah, just a rabbit, just hanging. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, she's like, yeah, of course. Vance had enemies. He's known for stealing techniques and tricks from other magicians. And, um, yeah, yeah. He was an asshole and uh, very, very, very floofy bunny though. That's the floofiest floofy bunny. of bunnies. Yeah, I want to pet that bunny. Too. I bet he's soft. Anyways, and Dean Dean asks if she found anything weird in Vance's stuff, which is a dumb question. Um, but she did. She finds a tarot card uh, in his things, and she's like, "It's weird because he hated card tricks." Yep. So she hands Dean the tarot card, and this is a pretty typical writer weight card, and it's a ten of swords, right? And the image on that is consistent with just that with that Dex version of it. So it's pretty much just like a guy like on his back getting stabbed a bunch, bunch of swords, <clears throat> a bunch of swords. And according to tarot.com, it represents betrayal or feeling, um, or feeling betrayal, like either as the victims or like you were self-sabotaging, but basically like you're hitting rock bottom. But I do love the reverse meaning. And that is in reverse, it suggests that you may have been over-dramatizing your predicament in an attempt to get sympathy and understanding from others. You have begun to believe your own excuses. Is that great? That is great. I feel like that's yeah. also what my dog is doing right now. That is definitely what Kevin is doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my feet her her dog's feet are in bandages and it is hilarious it is it's really it looks like, like he has cute. little white socks it's sad cute and yep. he and he's he knows that he can ham it up a little bit like if you're not watching he's walking okay in him but if he sees that you're watching he'll suddenly like limp a little bit it's like you were fine you dramatic <laughs> even the vet tech called him out for being dramatic i'm just saying it's not me alone <laughs> Like, yeah, he's a little dramatic. He's fine. He'll, I, but then all of a sudden he'll act like he can't walk and then he's fine. I'm like, oh, yeah. <sighs> Anyways. Overdramatic. So, yeah. he's like, he's a dog and a man. He's just going to be so overdramatic. Yeah. He's a big baby, too. Big so, baby. Anyways. Anyways. All right. All right. Here we go. So we cut back to um, the incredible Jay. He's uh, playing with cards in his hotel room and there's a knock on the door and um, it's Charlie uh, who's come to visit and wants to know how. How did you do it? How did you not fucking die on the table, basically? And he's like, not going to tell. Really? Because he doesn't know either. But, you know. Um, and uh, basically, he's like, look, I went, you know, I'm going to go from saddled and dying to one of the good ones. And uh, anyways, Jay, you know, they all, he knows that nobody thought that he could do it. But that Charlie is his best friend. And um, there we go. So now he's wanting to demonstrate. He's like, look, look at this. I used to not be able to pull one ace from the middle of the deck. Now I'm pulling four. And so now tonight I can, I'm going to do the executioner. Um, and, and uh, yeah. And the executioner, like I look at that one up and I don't think it's real. Like, I don't want to say like, it isn't real. I think it's another name for che- cheating the gallows. 
Oh, yeah, that sounds which, right. Which was an illusion made popular by Charles Joseph Carter, aka Carter the Great, mm-hmm. um, in the like nineteen, like early nineteen hundreds, nineteen twenties. He was America's stage magician, and honestly, like, and as you'll see through there, like, I love these posters. Yeah, posters the posters for like are so good. And amazing. Carter the Great had a I think that was actually one of the ones used in here. Anyways, so but Charlie's yeah. like, man, even Houdini wouldn't do that. Ooh, mm-hmm. oh no, yeah. So, um, and they're, they're, he's just pushing his luck. And, and Jay's like, I don't think it's luck, but it's better than doing birthdays and bar mitzvahs. And Charlie's like, oh, it's better than, you know, those are better than dying. But um, Charlie just doesn't, Charlie, Charlie's like, I just don't want to watch you die. And Jay's like, I, look, you know, you, you, I need you to be there and I can do this. Yeah. And he is like, I am awesome. Look at your pocket. And he's like, oh, look over there. And he's like, there's that fourth ace. It was in your yeah. pocket the whole time. Yep. Magic. All along. Magic. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not, I love this shit. So it's okay. But yeah. <laughs> not like the level, not to like a, a weird level, but I love it. All right. Uh, the Incredible Jay is on stage again. Now we're at his show. Jeb, uh, uh, Jeb shows up and um, is on his phone and acting like a fucking asshole and talking <laughs> bad about this showroom that he's in and is pissed that Angel, uh, aka Chris Angel, is doing Vegas, is doing a Cirque show in Vegas. Should have been me. It's and a really I'm funny here crossover. In Sioux City, Iowa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Vernon and Charlie are just like watching this go down and they're like, oh God. And Dean walks in and is sitting by Vernon uh, and is pretending to be a federal agent again and asks Vernon about Patrick Vance, Vance, Vance's death. Um, we get kind of a little break there and Jeb's, you know, t- trying to shoot like an interview kind of thing for his whatever show he has with Jay. But he's just a fucking asshole, like he's a douche to the cameraman. And um, he uh, talking about the tip of his hat, the cats that came before me. It's just like super condescending shit. And he calls Jay Jim and does not want to be corrected and doesn't care, which is just fucking rude. Yep, which is why uh, what a douchebag is yes. said. And everybody agrees. Yes. 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 Vernon, Vernon. Charlie and Dean agree. So uh, Dean sh- has the tarot card that he'd gotten from Vance's assistant. He shows it to Vernon because apparently Vernon had a history of being a card guy. He used a tarot deck in his act back when he did um, magic. And so he's asking if this was familiar. And Vernon and Charlie kind of look at each other. And they like with rapid fire, like I say rapid fire, not in an awkward way, but like just super smooth. They're like, yeah, this guy on Bleecker Street. Um, you know, that you have to use them now. Yeah, that guy definitely, you know, had to have crossed brand advance with you know royalties and blah blah blah. Here's the address, ask for chief. And my note immediately was, I don't trust this. Yeah, this sounds fine. This is fine. All right, Dean. So Dean's just like, I'm gonna go to 426 Bleaker and by myself. Yeah, it's fine. And you know, the old men told me, old men don't lie. Um, cool. And then you, we cut to the scene, and I love the neon light at 426. It was so the good. street marker, the street yeah. marker with neon. That's so cool. Yeah, I, I thought that was really neat. And I think if I had ever had a bar or a, a speakeasy like this or whatever you want to call what it's happening below 426, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. um, 
then yeah so we go inside and he and dean and dean basically asked the door he was like i'm here for chief and the guy's like <laughs> come, come on come on and in. Then leads him into a dark room with graffiti and there's bass coming through somewhere and says stay here and don't touch anything <laughs> okay and then all of a sudden the basement like the cellar door opens and there's just a slight and this loud just like edm rave music it's like dun, 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 dun. and then and flashing come. lights <laughs> chief the best leather daddy i've seen in a long time and i'm like yeah. yes leather daddy uh, and he's got a flogger and he he tells dean you're really gonna get it tonight big boy but then dean says there's uh, there's been a misunderstanding i think i've been had and chief replies you ain't been had till you've been had by the chief (laughs) yeah yeah and dean's are like shit shit he's freaking out and then at least chief does pause for a minute and ask for a safe word He's a good leather daddy. He's a good daddy. He knows that you have to establish the safe word before you get going. Oh, and then Dean's just like, well, you just, I wish they had like that, uh, the cartoon sound of someone gulping, like doing the, the, the mm-hmm. whoop, <laughs> like whoop, because yep. that is exactly what he did. All right. So yeah. now we're going to go to something disturbing. And I don't like, I don't I actually don't like this part of the episode. Um, mm, okay. I, I don't like it because I think it's incongruous, which is fine. Like, I guess it has to be and we're carrying on a different storyline, but it just seems really out of place for what's going on. I'm going to say it's also annoying as someone that doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about and still hasn't been clued in about yes, what they're talking they, about. And they're doing, yeah, they're definitely doing the waving the carrot of there's something we're not telling you. There's something we're, and we've been doing this for like three episodes now. That's so, actually probably doing most of the season, right? Yeah. I mean, yep. we're t- episode 12. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, Sam's doing research. Ruby's at the door and he's like, what, what are you doing here? And she's like, oh, the whole world's about to be engulfed in hellfire and you're in magic town, USA. There's 34 seals broken. That's over halfway and angels are going to lose the war. Uh, and because Sam is like, I don't know where the seals are. And then <laughs> um, and Ruby's just is like, go after Lilith. And it's just like, what the fuck, man? He says, I think the quote was step up and kill the little bitch. <laughs> I think, but you know, but basically, apparently, his psychic powers aren't the problem. There's something else he needs to do, but he knows what the problem is, and but it's the only way. And he says no. So I just have no idea what he's talking about, and it's good. And what you're talking about, it's getting annoying. Yep. And then she just gets weird, and she's like, "Just admit you like it, Sam." And people are gonna die, Sam. Oceans of people, Sam. And I'm just like, "You're so over dramatic, Ruby." Just like stop. Like you're all talking in metaphors, and I know there's a mm-hmm. reason why you're talking in metaphors. Blah blah blah. But stop it. Yeah. Just stop it. Anyways. So yeah. Anyway, uh, so like, the, let's go to the magic yeah. show. So this is like, okay, fine. Now apparently this is just done. Right, yeah. Ruby leaves. Yeah, she, she just goes. Leaves. People are gonna okay. die. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So they're at a magic show, and Dean asks if Sam found anything interesting. He's like, no. And uh, Sam asks if Dean found found anything interesting. He said, nothing I want to talk about or think about ever again. Yeah. So I mean, mm-hmm. Sam's not telling Dean about Ruby, and nope. then Dean's just like, maybe I don't need to talk about the chief. Maybe I'll just mm-hmm. keep the chief to myself. And we don't That's know what happened. I mean, Dean could have been like, hey, you know, he got up. We we know that he liked hitting people. Like we we learned that after his stint in hell. Yeah, so maybe he around. wanted. 
maybe he wanted, you know, like to have some relief and get some of his guilt relieved by chief. We don't know. They, they didn't they didn't stay. No we didn't see him leave. No judgment, Dean. Sometimes we have to work out our problems in whatever way we can. Yeah. All right. So Vernon and Charlie are just like, what the fuck is up with Jay? Yeah, Jay's crazy. There's, he's, uh, he's off the rocker. And uh, they make a crack about how Chief's not his type and uh, y'all are no feds. Like They're like, yeah, we con people for a living. It takes more than a fake batch. So they know that Sam and Dean are not federal agents. So the brothers just laugh real awkwardly and claim to be aspiring magicians. And working on yep. ideas for a it's brother, act, weird. Yeah, which is not was... much, not any like that's actually probably less believable. It's weird, but whatever. yeah, no, whatever. Uh, so, but now on the stage, Jay is doing the execution. Yeah, he's gonna fucking hang himself. This is ridiculous. So we see cut while he's getting ready to put the noose on. We cut to Jeb checking himself out in his mirror in his room. And uh, then we cut back to and Jay. While his theme song is playing, by the way. Yes. So every time they flash to him, it's like, sex. In, did it, I forgot. I, I know the word to it. So it was just like, I am the spirit. I am the. Uh, but <laughs> so we have Jay putting on a straight jacket as Charlie closes a curtain around him and they put the news around his neck. This is really weird. He's got a minute to escape certain death. There's a timer going before the, the panel drops out. So he would hang and die. And you can see him struggling in his silhouette. We cut back to Jeb, and apparently he just has like a noose chilling on a uh, mannequin in his hotel room in Iowa. Like, man, no judgment, you know, like whatever play you want to have, get off. Again, we already know, we already talked about cheese. This is a very fetish heavy episode. And, okay. you know, if anyone's going to have a, like on your leather vest, yeah, it makes sense. All right. And, uh, but now the noose is moving on its own like a snake uncoiling. <laughs> and it is slithering across the ceiling and wrapping itself around the fan. So we cut back to Jay struggling still, and he's about to be out of time on this hanging thing. And this is not on this good. amazing timer, by the way, that clock is really awesome. Cool. <laughs> I cool. want that clock. Light, the light bulbs. Yes. It was so good. And then he, then his feet drop out because the buzzer goes off and it looks like he's going to hang. But right when that's happening, we also cut back to Jeb's room where the noose has come down from the fan wrapped around his neck. And as the fan blades turn, it tightens the rope and hangs him. Dun, dun, dun. The douchebag is no more. Yeah. So I will never have a noose in my house. Not that I would anyways, but that just because I can't, I can't say that. Because I don't want, <laughs> yeah, I don't okay. want it to come to life and hang me on accident. I know. I just can't say that I will never have a noose in my house. Like no. it just seems illogical for me to say that. That's that true. seems highly probable. Somewhere in some point in time, there'll be a noose in this house. Yeah. Anyways, so but Jay is fine. But, and- but Jay, yeah, Jay is fine. Um, and his jacket, but the straight jacket's off. And now Dean's all excited. He's beaming. He's like, "That was freaking amazing." But what's interesting is now Sam's reaction, which is like, oh, that's that's not humanly possible. Yeah. And so while he says that, that we just cut back to Jeb, who spins from the fan, because it seems like, you know, the trick could have gone wrong. It didn't. Mm. But so let's talk about some tricks that did go wrong. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so as I was going through trying to figure out what we were going to talk about this episode, one of the things, and this was the second thing that I decided to, to search for, and we'll get to the the, the first one in a, at the end, but this one was magician 
accident because <laughs> that was just like what happens if mm-hmm. like you know there's got to be some good stories there right like and funny things and people hurting themselves um and who doesn't like america's funniest home videos or snoop dogs dumbest criminals which you have not watched yet i highly recommend watching it it's very entertaining and satisfying to watch like porch pirates get like their one up is like very good Hmm. Uh, all right. So our first, we just have a couple examples of these. So our first example was a in Poland. There was a like a morning like talk show. So like you know, uh, Good Morning America, but like in Poland, right? And so they have this, this magician comes on, and she's like, "Yeah, of course." I'll, the host is like, "I'll do this magic trick with you," and he is like, "Okay, you're supposed to like slam your hand down on like this paper bag," and. Basically, it's kind of a three-card Monty thing where there's, like, sharp nails in all the bags, but one of them wasn't supposed to have the nail in the bag, but he fucked up and it had the nail in the bag, and she slammed her hand into the nail, and the video of it is quite just hilarious i gotta I, I can't lie it was kind of funny uh, but because because I, I know she was fine uh basically she said it was it was minor but i mean polish women were kind of badasses so she was like it was fine it was just superficial so that was one of Ooh. them the next headline was magician accidentally kills assistant with chainsaw and uh, that's a little more dramatic yeah this one he was doing the sawing in half illusion and mm. his wife was his magician's assistant oh, and he put her in a box and he was like yo instead of doing this like hand saw i'm gonna use this chainsaw and he sawed her in half now there are people like there's video of this it's generally been taken down everywhere um there are those who say that video is a hoax but i like this person whoever website i got this from she was like but i didn't see it on snope so it must be true and i'm like sure i'll go with that um yeah the next headline is the japanese princess impaled in a tin sword trick uh which is similar to this one um and this was princess tenko and in 2007 she got into a box that like basically she had to escape from and had 10 swords that were going to pierce her and uh she didn't and she lived but she was uh pinned inside where it like got her in the cheek and in her ribs and if it had been a centimeter higher it would have gotten her in the eye so oh out and the last one is uh the fan of houdini who was trying to basically do houdini's trick in 1990 uh the buried alive trick this was escape artist joseph burris and he was like put me in the see-through casket lower me into the ground and then have cement poured on me but the cement was too heavy and it broke the coffin i remember hearing about that and it killed him I remember hearing about that. That was in California in 1990. Yeah. So, uh, uh, somebody tried to do something. Somebody tried to do after that because they talked about it later on. That was what that's not like. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. That's a lot not a joke. It's, it's not an illusion. Oh, like if that one gives me like heebie jeebies, like freak me out. But also, like, math, man. Do some I was fucking say, math. Like, like yeah, no, there, I mean, there, is a, there is an equation for this. Submit's heavy. How the fuck did you not figure out that? And I understand if it was like a fuck up in the math, but God, do some math. Did somebody do the math first is the biggest question. Yeah. Measure twice, cut once. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're going to cut to Dean reading books and Sam researching Jay. Yes. 
So um, basically, Jay was like a big deal in the 70s, played Radio City Music Hall. But then, you know, basically like what happened, he's like, he just got old. Like, it is what it is. Like, um, and so Dean's like, yeah, but is he, do you think he's using real magic to stage a comeback? And Sam's like, yeah, some kind of like death transference or something like that, maybe. And this kind of spurs a sad, interesting conversation where Dean's like, I hope I die before I get old. And that makes Dean, Sam really fucking sad. Like Sam is bummed by this. Dean's like, yeah, yeah, I, th- yeah. I think we're, I think we're going to be dead before, you know, for, for, you know, some of these days we'll be dead for good and it'll be before we get old. And Sam's like, yeah, but what about Bobby? Like, you know, he's a hunter and he's older. And I was like, Bobby doesn't seem that old. I feel old now. Anyways. Um, <laughs> uh, but Sam like just really hopes they'll be different. And and he's like, yeah, this ends up bloody or sad for us. That's it. So whatever. Which yeah, seems very resigned. Yeah. Just like, yeah, very matter of fact about it. And Sam's just like, what if we could win? What if we put an end to all of it? And he's just trying to talk to talk Dean into, you know, at this point saying, maybe we should just, you know, cut off the head of the snake. Maybe we go after Lilith and then we can end this all. Yeah. Yeah. And so Dean is just also just kind of like, this is sus, man. Like, I don't understand. Like, you're talking weird. And then we get like a very good line about, uh, you know, Sam's just like, when he's like, can we just like, you know, cut off the head of the snake? And Dean's like, the problem with the snake is, is that it has a thousand heads and yeah. evil bitches just keep piling out of the Volkswagen. <laughs> and I'm like, you're not wrong. Like, evil bitches just keep piling out of your Volkswagen. Or Impala. Yep. I don't want you. Okay. So yeah. we're cutting so, again. Yeah. So now Sam um, is supposed to go track down, um, track down Jay. Um, so we cut to the lobby um, and, um, and Dean is telling Sam that he's, you know, that they look, it's not a suicide. Jeb's dead too. So we got to. Jeb's dead. Jeb's dead. And um, that they're, you know, they found the tarot card of the hanged man. And so they're talking like, they call these like black magic targets maybe at this point. So they're piecing together that both Vance and Jeb have insulted Jay at some point in time. And so, um, and they have now lost Jay because he slipped Sam's tail. (laughs) Six-year-old magician able to do that. So anyways, they tail him to his hotel room and they kick open his door violently with guns drawn and say they know what he's been up to. Accusing and what's even worse, though, is like while they're in the hall, like their guns are out. I'm like, why are you just hanging out in this hallway of this hotel yeah, with hotel. your guns out? Like, guys, yeah. like, come Dumb. on. But I did appreciate like their their faces like appearing behind the wall. I thought that was cute. a little peek out, a little very, uh, very, very mm-hmm. sleuth, sleuth yep. detective mm-hmm. peek out mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. And then Jay's like, I don't know what the fuck y'all are talking about. This is all fake. Y'all are crazy. And Sam and Dean are like, oh, what the fuck? Okay. So they tie him up and they're like, well, if he is forgetting who Jay is. Right. And they're like, well, and then they turn around to have a conversation about, well, even if he's not the one doing it, he gets the reward with sold out shows. So maybe it's one of his friends. What about Vernon did and you, Charlie? Did they turn into old timey Newcastle? Yeah, I went there. I went there. <laughs> That's then, what's so sad. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> And so, but as they're talking, of course, Jay slipped his ropes. So the the brothers, he's a magician. Yeah. Duh. And then 
honestly, too, I was like, it's so dumb. The brothers are like, well, fuck, you got away. So they just leave. And being the good magician that he is, that uses misdirection, he didn't leave the fucking room. He just went to the closet right there, which is the easiest path for him. So he was an illusion. illusion. It's an illusion that he escaped. Yeah. So I say, brothers, get downstairs. Um, cops pull up quickly. And uh, right then, Jay is running down the stairs. Said, "Those are the two nut jobs that broke into my room." Oh, huh. so yeah. and this, uh, now we're getting into the thing that I I searched for first. <laughs> and so, oh, this also has to do with the rest because I was because I was looking into like the old timey magicians that they talk about in here, like the ones from the 30s and 40s, like Keller and things. And they weren't that scandalous. And I kind of want scandal. So I just typed in magician arrested. Oh, God. Um, y'all, there's a lot of magicians that do bad things with kids. Like a pounds. lot. Yeah, it was. It was not good. And I, I kind of got disturbed, which is how we did end up going to the magician's accidents. They just um, make their innocence disappear. Yeah, so we're going to talk about two quick things. Oh, God. Mini. Um, the first one, I just think is the story is very sad, but also kind of hilarious uh, just because of what ends up happening. All right. So in 1910, two boys were shot while sledding on a snow day in High Ridge Park. And um, really sad. Like these are little kids. They're like eight or nine years old. And so somebody shot them. They ended up arresting the sometime magician Herbert Dennison for this. And according to his mom, you know, he worked in vaudeville as a magician while he was still a teenager, but his brain took a wrong turn at 20 and got lost. And she said he became delusional, imagining that he, he was a target of assassins. And he began collecting guns for kids, including one of the kinds that they found with that actually was used to guns for protection, not guns for kids. That's a weird thing. Okay. Uh, anyhow, ignore that. Look over there. Um, so when he was arrested, um, they asked him if he had done anything like that. And he responded by saying, I hate all children and Yankees. And then he opened up his shirt and he had a tattoo of a Spanish flag on his heart. And on his arm, he had another flag. They didn't say what that flag was, like what country that was of. And that one said, scientist, alchemist, priest, atheist. Huh. Boy, hold on. So he hates, he hates children and Yankees. He hates children and Yankees. <laughs> There are times well, in my life I may have said that myself. Possibly. Yeah. And so and his mother was like, these tattoos like show how crazy he is. Like he's American. He doesn't have like with but they don't have any Spanish blood in them. Uh eventually he gets confined indefinitely at Matawan, which was this amazing for asylum up in New York. And someday we'll talk about that place because yeah, that place is fucking creepy. Like basically they have shuttered down part of the asylum but like in so many of the other ones like have just let a prison go around it like i don't know why they, they do that a lot in this country mm. like they close down a mental asylum and just keep building prisons around it so they'd be haunted i don't know all right and the second one and this is the one that i, I told diana i was like i got really disturbed looking at the things around this so the second mm. most outrageous magician murderer was one of the freeway killers from california in the 1970s and that was vernon butts uh 
He was William Bonin's accomplice for nine murders. Uh, Bonin did like, like at least 14 that were known. Um, and he was charged in court for three murders on top of additional charges, including sodomy and robbery. Um, they basically would just hunt down and kill little boys. It was really awful, awful, awful. Um, he attempted suicide four times while he was in prison and he was successful in his fifth time and he died before he could go to court for his own trial. Um, but funny May 4th fact, because this is happening uh, in May and the, the fifth or whatever crappy Star Wars nerds are going to be talking about in a couple of days. Um, <gasps> when this weird magician pedophile murder douchebag was arrested, he was dressed as Darth Vader. Yeah. 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 But that was well, that was uh, I'm not going to get into like I watched like I will like watch one like one of my murder shows on this and i was like this is i i couldn't do it like it's just it's too bad and the reenactments of it like oh man guys don't reenact child's children getting assaulted just don't yeah, do that that's uncomfortable it was okay so now that we're out of that so just magicians are gross sorry if you're Aww, a magician don't say like, that don't say that if you saw the number of magician arrested that came up it was a lot, Diana. There is a lot of them. Upsetting. <laughs> it was very upsetting. You hold there and it's like, Meh. very upsetting. So upsetting. All right. Ugh. So we're gonna cut to uh, Charlie is polishing his his fancy shoes. Yeah, and because uh, and Jay's talking to him. They're backstage, and Jay's telling him what our Winchester brothers were telling him. It said like they're saying that my act is killing people, and he's just really incredulous about the whole thing. But also, he kind of starts to ask Charlie, like, do you, but also, do you think this is possible? Like, the cards, the escapes have suddenly, like, what, what, and Vance and Jeb dying, like, and then Charlie's kind of like, wait, you actually believe these guys? Hold up. And he's like, look, I, I don't think I want to go on, even though it's a sold out house. And he's like, look, I honestly, Jay admits to Charlie that he actually planned to kill himself. So the, he didn't, he did not plan for the table of death to be a success. He wanted to go out like that. And that is dark, but also kind of, kind of epic. Yeah. If I was a magician, it was like, that was the way I was going to go. Like it would (laughs) certainly, he would show up when I Googled accident, magician accident, Um, you know, (gasps) Oh, but. Yeah. yeah, and honestly, guys, there are a lot of ones that I left out. Like, yeah. have fun yeah. looking at that. And also, I'm so like so glad there are a lot of this video has been taken down. This video has been taken down. There is mm. because they were performers. There's a lot of people that were recording when right. accidents happened. Yeah, yeah. So the lady slamming her hand into the nail that was funny, but. Why would you watch somebody? I don't know. Like it's just that's too much. Um, anyway, it's like it's like I heard a reference to this that show, uh, the show or those videos um, earlier today. Actually, watching some of what faces of death, faces of death. Yeah, and like they were. I, they, are those they, still? They, ar- I mean, I'm assuming they're still around. I the internet. I remember, I you mean, had to like go like find the VHS. It was like the ring. Like, yeah, you had to go like find the VHS. Only like certain stores have it. Only independent stores have them. They were always checked out because I think they just permanently check them out and just be like, no, you can't have this because y'all fuckers are gross. Yeah. And everybody talks about the monkey monkey brain eating one is the one that everybody remembers from that. It's one of the things for whatever. I think I remember one about like an alligator. I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't even make it through that. So, anyways, but I I think they tried to quarter somebody in one of them. Like, I don't know. 
back to horses. I don't know. Like it's bad enough we have that shit happening. I'm like, now we get TikTok for yeah, that. So like I don't know. Like it's making me uncomfortable. I hate this um, timeline. Anyway, yeah. so but I guess it, you know, that also happened in the old timeline. I mean, we're still watching that shit in the 80s and 90s on VHS. So I mean, yeah, we found a way. Gross. I mean, people used yeah, to go to public executions. I mean, like, come on now. Yeah, people still do, and people are gross. Anyways, but yeah, so now we're like, oh man, Jay, that's sad. Yeah, that's real sad. And Charlie's, Charlie's like, like, back up. Wait a minute. He's like, wait a minute. You were the best in your day. You need to get back out there. It doesn't matter how you got this shit back. You fucking go do it. Don't throw it away. So and at this point, we start questioning Charlie's. At least I start questioning Charlie's affection for Jay. Yeah, he's um, very. He has a lot of very. And now, hold on. Now, I've got friends that I, you know, obviously that are like family that I care deeply about. Uh, Liz is one of them. Oh, but we, uh, but like, also, like, I don't know the level of affection in his tone is insinuated that it may have been more than just. I'm starting. Yeah, I'm starting to think and that someone has maybe deeper feelings for for Jay than friendship. Um, but he's, but Charlie's just like, man, be grateful for this chance. Don't throw it away, right? And so, right. show so, must go on. Jay goes out to do a show. He's going to do the table of death again. And we see kind of like this weird exchange, like Vernon's backstage also. And they have kind of like a weird nod between him and Charlie. It just struck me as odd. I'm just saying. Yeah. If Vernon's watching from the side, like he's kind of uncomfortable. Is that, that was kind of what the nod said to me. Like both of them were like, I can't believe he's doing this. Like, I don't know. And then Charlie kind of runs off somewhere. Which is and, weird too. But anyways. And yeah, then, it, it, misdirection. Illusion. Yeah. And the knives drop. And, and yeah, we see behind the scrim, we see the same thing happening again. Mm-hmm. And the curtains go back open, and Jay is fine again. Obviously. Jay fine, Jay fine. And then we hear ah! backstage, and who has the stab wounds now? Oh no, it's Charlie. Well, shit, Charlie did. All right, Charlie's dead. All right, this is interesting. Wrong. Now we've got we cut to, to Jay and Jay um, our Winchester brothers are meeting Jay because Jay has managed to drop the charges against them because he's like y'all motherfuckers might be onto something something is not yeah, right yeah. here and they're like yeah, um, you know we got to talk this is what happened um, and um, that they were friends like brothers since they were teenagers and he's just really upset that he didn't listen to Sam and Dean wants to know who's doing this so they're like, uh, did Charlie and Vernon get along? Because now, obviously, their first suspect is Vernon. Yeah. Sam is like, is it Vernon? And Jay's like, no. And Sam's like, but Vernon? <laughs> Just like, yeah. like, yeah. like, well, that kind of makes sense. And then, like, Dean makes, like, the worst drug analogy ever oh, yeah. and says, the thing about real magic is it's a whole lot like crack. People yeah. do surprising things once they get a taste of it. So bizarre. So bizarre. That was yeah. a very random line. I was like, oh, it was. okay. All right. Magic is like crack. Crack is whack. Um, crack is whack. Yeah. So Vernon meets up with Jay and it's kind of like a, oh, I'm sorry. Vernon's in his hotel room first and he's like clothed, laying on his bed, watching TV with his shoes on in the bed, and that was upsetting to me. Hotel uh, bed, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. And that that blanket was disgusting, so, anyways. Yeah, it's true. Like so his shoes, goes, like it's covered in cum and cum and probably uh, blood. Diana, like the shoes, the shoes, not gonna be that matter that much. So his phone rings, and obviously it's Jay. It, it implies it's Jay. So he goes to meet him, and he leaves his room, and so. um, 
they they break in the brothers break in to go search the space and sam's like it's like a magic museum he must be on the road his whole life and it is it's full of like like this motherfucker has moved into this hotel room this is not just like oh here's my suitcase and like a couple accoutrements this is like a full-on magic display and, yeah, and it's um, also really cool. Like yeah. I would like, and Dean's like, yeah, it's like, you must be in heaven. And I'm like, yeah, I would be in heaven. I'd be like, yeah. fuck. Yeah. I want to go through all this shit. Like yeah. this shit looks great. And Vernon and Jay meet up and um, Jay uh, Vernon tells Jay that he's got the headlining gig now. Um, and, but Jay's sad about it. He's like, like, I can't do it with Charlie gone. And v- v- Vernon's like, wait, no, this is our shot. This is what Charlie would have wanted. And Jay's like, um, maybe not. Maybe you're the one that killed him so that we could be back on top. And Vernon's like, mm, no, you're fucking crazy. That's not what happened. And then we hear a weird voice that we haven't heard from the side say, I wouldn't be so hard on him, Jay. He didn't do it. Dun, dun, dun. Who is this? Who is this young man with a mark on his face, a distinctive mark on his face? We cut back to Dan, uh, the brothers um, are up in this hotel room and they're like, no, this is just old timey magic stuff. There's no like no herbs, candles or magic cards here, but they do find a poster for the great desertini. So desertini or dessertini? Like I couldn't like decide because it's, it's two S's. Isn't that dessertini? <sighs> I guess. <laughs> I mean, the name annoyed me, Ricardo. The name was annoying. The name's annoying. But that that sounds like, you know, like an apple teeny with a slide that you would, like something you would get at Applebee's. That's why Applebee's Applebee's coming for a great dessert teeny. (laughs) And you know, I bet that's been on their menu. You know that. It's like a crappy brownie. Or like some good. It's like a crappy brownie with like some Baileys poured on it and a scoop of ice cream. A microwave brownie, or yeah, and there's some like co- like some college kid like getting drunk off of it Ugh. and just getting diabetes. Uh, but anyway, headache just thinking about it. But now I want a brownie. Anyways, it, yeah. Um, so in the I'll be damn poster, we can tell it's Charlie because they have the same birthmark. Yeah, so that's what it is. That's the, the giveaway. Yeah. So it's young Charlie, and that's who's on the stage, also with Vernon and Jay now. So young Charlie is like, yeah, it's really me. You know, uh, exactly. you, forget, you forget what it feels like to be young. Basically, he's about 28 years old. And um, once upon a time, he was working for Barnum and got a hold of real magic. And I got a yeah, book of real so magic. He says Barnum gave him a grimoire. And which is yeah. like, to be fair, like, as far as I know, Barnum was not an occultist, just a terrible person. And I like, because I kind of looked, I was like, yeah, you know, he can't you be better. both, Liz? No, I'm you can be both, um, as many occultists have shown us. Hello, Mr. Crowley. Um, but, you know, kind of looking, it's like he would have been the right era to be yeah. into spiritualism. So I don't know if it was like he just wasn't interested. He was just like more interested in buying and selling human beings. But yeah, as far as I know, he did not have a grimoire. But Charlie's like, I did all the spells and like it worked. And I'm like, and that's not how grimoires work, but whatever. Okay. So all spells just work. He magic. And one was for immortality. Ooh. But he used a different spell for Jay to help him do magic again. It was just a taste. And, you know, he's got a whole tarot deck and that those cards in his hand are still radioactive. And I guess that, I don't know. Uh, So Jay calls him out for killing people. And he's like, yeah, this isn't like a parlor game. These people have humiliated you. And And 
he's just mad. He's like, you, you, Charlie used me. And he's like, yeah, no, you wanted it. And that, you know, it saved your life from killing yourself. So uh, why don't you come with me? Why don't both Vernon and Jay, why don't you come be immortal with me? Yeah. So Jay is basically going to, you know, we've got Charlie being like, it's great being young. And Vernon's like, I want a piece of that. And then Jay is like, here's my ethics speech. This is not ethical. And you are correct. You were correct, Jay. This is this is on poor Jay. It's poor Jay with his. However, ethics. you're also really old, and w- yeah, I think Vernon is just like, yeah, fuck it. Like, I don't, look look at young Charlie over here. He looks chipper. How come yeah. he still wants to fuck the old man? I don't know, but he does. All right, so Vernon's on board, and then we yeah. get a very Scooby moment of Dean bursting in, not so fast. Sam and Dean are in, and then Dean makes a cocoon joke. Um, and Dean, he's like, yeah. Oh, you're just throwing out the cocoon joke? <laughs> yeah, I'm just throwing it in there. It's you're fine. just like, I don't want to talk about it. I was embarrassed by the cocoon joke and the reference <sighs> of Steve Gutenberg. Yeah. So Dean's like, yeah, immortality. That's a that's a neat trick. And he's like, it's not a trick. It's magic. And then, Illusion. but a noose drops right then and gets Dean by the throat and starts pulling him up. So now Dean's getting choked out. This is bad. So Sam shoots a young Charlie and it doesn't work because he spits the bullet out. He's like, oh, it's the bullet catch. I've been working on that. And then he disappears and reappears and Sam threatens him with a gun again for him to let Dean go. But young Charlie's like, no, I'll give it all up. The hex the spells just to have you leave me and my friends alone. And Sam's like, no, I'm going to hit you. And it can't because you're the ghosty <laughs> thing where he disappears and reappears. It's very stressful. This part stressed me out because all the time I'm like, oh, my God, Sam, Sam is trying to fight this guy who's immortal and he doesn't get what he can and can't do. And then Dean's choking out. And I was very stressed about it. Okay. Okay. That's how I was trying to say it. But we know it's going to be fine and the boys will be all right. And so Charlie um, is invisibly stabbed. It's fine. So Sam is not, uh, he's on the table of death. He's fine. Dean is not, is not fine. You know, is not hanging. Everything is going to be fine because Jay has stabbed himself. And because he is such a great sleight of hand, he has pocketed the tarot deck and he has left the magician in Charlie's pockets. And so the boys freed themselves and they don't die. Everything is fine. No need to be stressed. You're okay. There we go. Okay. But it was really fucking sad that Jay had to do that. Anyways. Um, so was yeah. it? Cause he's fine. Like he yeah, just, know. you know, he's fine. So, and like and Vernon Charlie is not was a happy. dick. Charlie and, was a dick. And, and, and Vernon like, is and Vernon's upset. Vernon's shaking his head. So um and yeah, young Charlie but says Vernon's selfish, man. Fuck well, Vernon. Yeah. Well, young Charlie says, like, you pick these strangers over me. Which is sad too. Anyways, so um, and Jay is crying while he's looking down at the dead young Charlie. So we come yeah. to a bar, the bar, the, the hotel bar from earlier, and Jay is there shuffling his deck as Sam and Dean walk in, and um, and once again Jay's kind of dropping cards. It's kind of a it's kind of a messy shuffle, and Dean thanks him, and he's like, "I killed my best friend yesterday, and you want to thank me?" Oh. <sighs> Yeah, yeah, it's gross. And Ugh. he's just like, Vernon doesn't like me anymore. He doesn't want to speak to me. And then Dean does the thing that nobody wants to hear in these types of situations. It's like, you did the right thing. Yeah, fuck off, man. And he's just like, what? I'm going to die old and alone now. Thanks. Fuck you. And yeah. so, yeah, pretty much is what he should have said is fuck you and walked out. But he does. And so, and leaves his, his cards behind. And it's really sad. This that really fucking bummed me out. It really did. 
Yep. And so, like, the bartender is just like, yeah. And he's like, no, throw them out and leaves. And so uh, we don't know what happens to Jay. He just wanders off. And I really hope he goes, he goes and finds the dark forces and cavorts in the night now that he knows the magic is real. Uh, And Dean's like, you know, I want a beer. beer, Which is I need a beer too. Yeah. Yeah. And so Sam's like, damn it, if I walk. But we all know he's going to walk to me, Ruby. Who is just hanging out in her charger in the, yeah. in the, in the alley. She's just there. And it, it, he, she, and he tells her he's in. Yeah. I'm and in. like, whatever it is, but it's not good. don't know what it is. And he's like, I don't want to be doing this when I'm an old man. Yeah, and that's where we end. And blah, like the whole inserted Sam and Ruby thing in here also. I mean, it's just jarring. Like it never like, and they kind they tried to tie it into the episode with this part of like I don't want to die, an old man. But yeah. it really has nothing to do with the storyline or any of the lessons or anything of this episode, and it just annoys me. Yeah. I'm gonna give you some. Uh, yeah, overall, oh, I like the episode, some, yeah. but I've got some more IMDb, IMDb notes on this. Sure, one. sure, sure. Jay obviously was the most important one, so I, that's why we focus on those, but. Let's talk. Jeb is played by Luke Camilleri. He played Gustav in a series of unfortunate events, the new series um, Dionysus in the Percy Jackson um, movie series. And he was in two episodes as Big Pickwick of the Magicians, which I also find funny. That's okay. Yes. Then Vernon uh, was played by Richard Libertini, who was the voice of Dijon in DuckTales. (laughs) Nice. That's such your fun fact for the day. He was in a bunch of TV shows too. And then Charlie was played by John uh, Rubenstein. Um, he's in, um, he plays older Jess Oppenheimer in Being the Ricardos. Um, he was, he's in the TV show Claws and a bunch of episodes. He of was an Baron. angel, right? Uh, he was in an episode of Angel. He was, er, yeah, he was uh, Linwood Murrow in Angel. Mm-hmm. Um, he was uh, in. He was Daniel Webster in an episode of uh, the New Adventures. The Adventures yes, of Sabrina. and also Daniel Webster when he uh, went to court with Satan. Yes, yes. Nobody and wants to go to court with Satan. He was in a lot of other TV shows. He was in uh, one of the um, trilogies of Atlas Shrugged that came out a few years ago, and then Young Charlie was played by Michael Weston, who was one of the, one of a, a big bigger character in Garden State, a guy named the character named Kenny. Uh he's uh, on regular character, regular character Shockingly. on Law and Order SVU. Yes, yes, uh, he Simon. has been. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah, I know. He was Rollins's uh half brother and then he died of what everyone thought was a heroin overdose, but it turned out to be a police conspiracy. Ooh. Ooh. Funny enough, as another like ironic role, not something I'm personally familiar with, is that he did play Houdini in a miniseries called Houdini and Doyle. Oh, another magic tie-in. Um, he was an, a regular character on the series House um, called Lucas Douglas. I love that series so much. Uh, he was only in a couple episodes, but it was a memorable one on Scrubs. He was Private Brian Dancer um, in Scrubs. And then he also I'm was Danny. He was Danny and Coyote Ugly the movie. He was. Yeah. There's a this was a I think I I mentioned this to you earlier this week. I was like, oh, you'll have fun with IMDB in this one. Like there's gonna be a and I I I forgot I had a point and I forgot what it was. I don't know. IMDB. There's a lot of a lot of great character actors in here. Um for sure. Absolutely. 
I know what I was going to say. Um, and, you know, as I also, I enjoy, like I, said, I enjoy this episode, but there are parts of it that I, I thought were annoying. And also, I think it was a lost opportunity, just, you know, speaking of spiritualists, as we mentioned earlier, you know, Harry Houdini, like, spent a lot of his life trying to disprove spiritualists and, like, going to seances and trying to debunk them. And hmm. I think, like, that would have been really cool like to have somehow mm-hmm. incorporated like that story into here somehow like like, like the maybe- super like the super like hey i'm a magician but i don't fucking buy them by the magic hype i'm doing this yeah, illus- yeah something- I'm, I'm an illusionist i'm a skilled person like that attitude about it yeah or like somewhere along the way like he learned magic was real and that's how this got passed down i think the barden thing was such a throwaway and it was just like uh like i didn't really i didn't like the origin story of the eve you know of charlie's you know, charlie's grimoire and stuff i thought that was stupid yeah, it but, wasn't much of one. They spent a lot of time. I actually like I very much like this episode. I was like, actually yeah. like that. I mean, I very much enjoyed this episode. Um, I thought it was uh, it was I don't want to use the word fun. It was entertaining. Yeah. Uh it had fun elements to it, uh, especially with the douchebaggery. <laughs> but I, I I do see what you're saying. I think that that was a cop-out. They spent so much time on build-up, so much time on these characters, and then just to have a throwaway fucking origin is fucking lame. Yeah, and I think part of the reason, and I didn't see, I'm sure if you dug further into it, there would be some commentary on this, but I'm sure they wanted to give these amazing, because they brought in, had such amazing guest actors that they Mm. wanted to give them, you know, things to chew on. Right. And actually, like, you know, actual like the role yeah Mm -hmm. actual roles within a a show where they're not obviously the main characters right so we have these two main characters the boys and so they're trying to like you know we're trying to think about them but we're bringing in well-known i think that's always going to happen when you bring in well-known guest actors like this right it's just because they need to give them a role that's worthy of them taking the yeah. role. First Why else, of all, yeah, they want to, you know, we, hey, you should come onto our show and do this. I mean, yeah. I'm sure a lot of them are like friends with Singer or Kripke at some point because they've been on everything in Hollywood as well. Everything. Yeah, which is why you'll see a lot of these directors and actors kind of jumping from show to show, much like on this show that we're not talking about was, you know, this is a show about Supernatural, but our flag means death. Um, they are bringing I watched, in. I watched the first episode. Yeah, um, they're bringing in a lot of char- the same like character actors that we're seeing in like what we do in the shadows, and mm. but that's also tends to be they're the character actors right now, right? Right, so, they're the comedic character actors. That's who you call. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, yeah, I, I said I enjoyed this episode. I think like you're right, entertaining is the right word for it. I okay. I love. I also just love you know. I love old magic. I, you know, not surprisingly, I just don't like perverted magicians. Um, and, you know, it's also like as an industry, talk about a toxic industry. Like that is pretty much like that poorest, like assistance girl. Like there's a reason why there was only one female character in like in this besides the bartender. And she was an assistant yeah. because y'all, y'all are good at that. Y'all are getting better. I saw some, but like, I did get to see some cool, like, women magicians as i was looking through this like there is like mm. some, some really neat ones and so i was like huh maybe i'll go look into those like those those bitches seem cool, That's cool. but anyway speaking of bitches i think it's time to go it is. all right cheers jerk cheers bitch devil's trap podcast is part of the ship it studios podcast network thanks for listening to this week's episode of devil's trap podcast be sure to follow us on instagram devil's trap podcast 
Twitter, Devil's Trap Pod, or you can email us, Devil's Trap at Devil's Trap Podcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave reviews, and share it with all your friends. We're available at all your major podcast listening devices, or you can always find us at Devil's Trap Podcast.com. Thanks. Devil's Trap Podcast is a Don't Be a Dick production. Intro music, arrangement and performance by Dave Cox. Piano arrangement and performance by Bobby Orozco. Meow.